Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. Greetings and welcome to another edition of the Shotgun Start. Today is Wednesday, December 12th. Shane, how you doing? Andy, how we doing? Doing good, doing good. Hey, uh, we got Shane Bacon, co-host today, guest co-host for uh, Mr. Porath. Yeah, you you know, I, uh, you, you asked me about this, Brennan Porath. Our, our good friend uh, and an unbelievable host and co-host with you of, of one of my favorite podcasts in the world, not just golf related, uh, had his fourth kiddo. And so congrats to the poor ass. This next to U.S. Open hosting and getting to be a part of the match with uh, Tiger and Phil, this is as high an honor as, as I can really think. I can't believe I was the name that came up. NFL sideline reporting, you know, to <laughs> to this lowly uh, golf podcast that talks about a bunch of you know crackpot theories and you know random random sports. Well, it's it's. I'll say this about you two: it is a podcast that I feel like of all the things I listen to is the thing I listen to all the way through the most. So I'm not sure if that's an honor, if that's something you should be happy with, if I, you don't care at all. But I, I, I just, I, I literally never, never not, you know, I Smartin was on the other day and he had some awful take and I had to stop the podcast for a minute. <laughs> what, what was, what what was the take? So you texted about it. It was, the, it was that the, the PGA championship in the uh, last decade had been he just threw it out it might be the best major compilation in the last 10 years and i was listening to it. i i paused the podcast and sent a group text to you three i was flabbergasted he he missed the mark on that one let's you know that that was that was a bad take but we all have bad takes we yeah. all have terrible takes but uh it's it's uh, it's a golf week. There is golf happening. There are events across the world. There is something happening in Australia that I know you're uh, you're excited about. What what would you say, Andy, on a scale from one to a hundred, is your typical excitement for a Presidents Cup? Oh, so it's funny. I was talking to one of my friends actually before this, and he was like, you know, we were together the last time the President's Cup happened. And I was like, really? What? <laughs> Where? And, and we were playing, uh, we were playing Sandhill. So he goes, yeah, you know, we didn't watch one shot of it. We didn't even mention it the entire weekend. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's actually right. And so I remember it was like a drop. I want to hear your score. So usually it's very low, but this venue I, I love great golf courses. So in terms of getting to watch Royal Melbourne on TV for four straight days, that 
that's the best players in the world play arguably the greatest intact McKenzie course in the world is uh, pretty exciting and one that is always extraordinarily firm and fast. So from that standpoint, I think seeing a variety of golf that we don't typically see week in, week out is exciting to me. It's kind of similar to, you know, the Masters and, and the U.S. Open where you get to see these great venues and, it, it you know, greatest players playing the greatest courses is always a treat. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I, I wrote, a, I think I wrote on social media this week that the golf course is the star and it's the biggest star. And for people like you and I, I think we'll be so excited just to watch these guys play Royal Melbourne. It's a special place to me. So my wife and I got married in New Zealand. Yeah. We just went, her and I um, just went and we got married in Queenstown and that was our thing, you know, three years ago. My wedding present to myself was to fly to Melbourne after our wedding. Cindy came as well. And uh, and I played Rural Melbourne. And uh, I played with Michael Clayton. And we had a great day. And we got done playing. And I was in the pro shop buying some merch. And I was talking to a couple of members. And one of them had just come back from Arizona. And he was a really, really nice guy. And he goes, do you want to go play the, the composite holes? Do you want to go play the holes that they play the President's Cup on? You know, obviously, I played the West course. And I was like, of course I want to. And so I had this just fabulous day. And uh, actually, the, the member called me the next day. We were walking into a movie, and, uh, and he had thrown out a tea time at another unbelievable sand, sand belt golf course. And I, at that point, I said I was one round and done. I wasn't going to push my luck on trying to play 36 in two days. But, I, I, you know, it was it's in my top three or four places I've ever been in terms of golf courses. It's one of the most fun I ever had. I didn't bring golf shoes on the trip because obviously we had to pack as light as humanly possible. And uh, I played Royal Melbourne in tennis shoes. And I was there. See, right golf, as the shoes, sun came golf up. shoes are overrated. I know. You don't like golf shoes and you don't like crowds. I knew that was going to be something that got <laughs> your, your fire going. But it was, it was just fabulous. And I'll say this, and I've been saying it for a while. And I think obviously, I know we'll probably get into a little Patrick Reed stuff, but. When you look at the odds for this President's Cup and the team that the U.S. has taken over there, I am shocked by where Vegas has this international team. And uh, it's basically Vegas seems to be begging people to bet on Team USA. What are the odds? Well, I've got them right here, Andy. I have them on my computer. How about that? I uh, U.S. is minus 275, and the international team is plus 225. And uh, a tie is plus twelve hundred. They, they can tie in this. Can they tie in a Presidents Cup? Uh, yeah, they, I think that happened ceremoniously, uh, so, uh, famously. And uh, where was that one? Well, it, it involved Tiger, Jack, Gary, Blair, that fan and, court? Uh, and else. Bigger. Yeah, that was that was when they were making those par putts. A hot take I gave you earlier today was. Uh, I feel like that was a little overrated. The best match of Ernie and Tiger's career was that match back and forth at Kapalua. And, uh, and, you know, Bubba gets all the credit for Bubba's driver off the deck in 18 at Kapalua. But I remember Ernie hit this, like, swinging hook into, the, like, the 72nd hole when he needed to make birdie or eagle. And they had that shot from behind him, and it was awesome. Peak Ernie, one of my favorite Andy Johnson takes is Peak Ernie is, uh, is the second-best player of, of that revolution. I, I mean, that's – I don't think it's a take. It should be a known fact among golf fans. <laughs> it's, it's, at, it's at a point I've laid out the case enough. No, no player was more impacted by Tiger Woods than Ernie Els. It's you know, there's like a famous 
famous story about Tiger saying to, I think, Stevie, like, if I get the big man one more time, I think I'm going to break him. And he got him, and <laughs> might have been that might have been the the end of the of the of Ern's uh, Ern's attempts at uh, dethroning Tiger. But uh, hey, I was going to ask you with uh, Sam Belt. So you played you caddied at St Andrews. You played a lot of golf in Scotland. How how would you compare like the firmness and the speed of Royal Melbourne with what we see, say, in an Open Championship? I would say not as firm. I've been there twice. I played it once, and I actually caddied in an LPGA event at Royal Melbourne years ago for my friend Irene Cho. And so I've seen it two different times, one obviously in, in more of a tournament atmosphere. I would say it's not as firm and fast as maybe if you close your eyes and you picture a Hoy Lake type, but it's close. I mean, it's it feels almost more like when you go to Abandoned Dunes and you catch it in the summer when it's a little hot and it's a little bit firm, it feels a little more like that than maybe you're going to get with uh, with like a real open championship place that hadn't got a lot of rain. Yeah, like and, uh, like Carnoustie a few years ago. Exactly. When, when it's like, like browned out. And even, even uh, Golf Channel's been showing some of the old President's Cups from Royal Melbourne. And even when you watch some of the old, basically like the replays of it, it still was a little greener than maybe you see an open championship. But – it's close. I mean, it, it's definitely, definitely close to kind of what those golf courses feel like. That's that's where I kind of see an international upset a little bit. I have no statistics behind this take, but I always feel like <laughs> open championships are a little un-American in terms of contender. We see guys that don't necessarily contend on the PGA Tour a lot, and obviously there's more internationals in the field. But I always feel like that open championship leaderboard is is distinctly unique, and it's because the style of play is so much different than the American style of play that we see these guys play on the PGA Tour for 40, 40 weeks a year, you know? Yeah, I mean, if, if you look at the American team, and I've got it pulled up right here, and you think about players that have had success at open championships, obviously Ricky's played well there, Tiger, of course, Dustin Johnson nearly won when he went up against Darren Clark. And, uh, and I mean, you know, guys have, have had a cup of coffee in terms of playing well in there. And if you look at the international team, I think you get a little bit of the same. I mean, Hal Tong Lee, I think, had a, had a top five there a couple of years ago. Adam Scott, of course, should have won an Open when he bogeyed his final four holes. Oh, well, Ernie won ran that. Away with Ernie it. that one. So, I mean, I, you maybe, know, maybe uh, Adam Scott was lucky to even oh. be contending with Ernie. I was I'm on joking. my couch. I was on my couch when I did. He pull driver on on eighteen. Adam Scott that that year. It was yeah. like three wood or driver, and whatever he pulled was a club that could get into a cross bunker. And he bogeyed three holes coming into eighteen. I just remember looking at the TV, going, "Why are you hitting this? Why are you hitting this?" And he hit it directly in the bunker. And uh, you he know, hit a great love too. Or hate a guy. He, <laughs> love or hate a guy. You you just never like to see that, you know? And, I mean, I know it makes for TV, but bogey in the last four holes, that was a brutal open championship. That was just uh, – I felt for him. It's the, it's, the, it's the only time in my life I felt bad for Adam Scott, I think, because he's, uh, he's had a pretty charmed life. Watching somebody give away a golf event in any capacity is, is one of the most painful things. Like I went, I, you probably felt the same way caddying when you, when you're caddying for like a, a 15 handicap and they're standing <laughs> over a three footer and you just, 
they if they make it they win and and you just know there's no hope of it going in like it it is one of the most uncomfortable uneasy feelings deep down you're like i really want this to go in but it's not gonna go in no i it's when i caddy for anybody that is not very good at golf my entire hope was just they don't hit it in bunkers that would i I caddied in st andrews which i don't know if you know this or not it has a few and every shot i would just think thinking in my head please don't hit it in the bunker please don't hit it in the bunker and they would always 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 hit it in the bunker and what else i never understood was at what handicap level do you understand where to enter a bunker? Like, is it like a four handicap or a f- like? Why is it that I feel like I see so many guys enter all the way across the bunker and walk through the middle of it to their ball? I, I don't know. That's I've never understood it. I, I don't. I don't understand so many things about golfers but you could have just you could have just stopped at things yeah i don't <laughs> we we used to play a game called the trap game i would care you know we i was carrying two bags and usually carry going out with another caddy carrying two two bags and the game was if if my players one of my players hit it in a bunker i owed the other caddy a dollar and whoever was down could press holes and I could repress and, you know, so on. You're coming down 18, like every bunker is worth 20 bucks, you know. And this thing, it would get out of hand. Like sometimes you'd basically be paying your entire loop to the other caddy if, if things didn't go your way. <laughs> and if, you're, if your player went bunk, bunker to bunker, left it in the bunker, it doubled. Oh, no. So, like, you know, I, I had many rounds of caddying where I was giving wrong yardages to players, like... 20 extra on approach shots because I'm like, I got it. They cannot miss in that front bunker. They cannot. And what I found was when I was playing the trap game, my players played so much better because they just avoided all the traps. I mean, I was very, you know, let's not try and go for the green. Let's hit it just short, chip up. But they scored so much better. Just avoid the parts they can't do. That's an that's unbelievable. That would stress me out so much. Caddy and stress me out to begin with. I couldn't imagine have that on the line. For goodness sakes, um, we're we're so off the rails, which is very on brand. But it just shows without without poor F, There's there's just no schedule. But I've got let's get to the let's get to the events the golf events that are going on this week. We've already okay, talked a little it. bit about. Do you know what edition of the Presidents Cup this one is at Royal Melbourne? Oh my goodness. It started maybe in like the early nineties. I'm gonna guess this is the eighteenth. Thirteenth. Thirteenth. Eh, close. So uh thirteenth President's Cup will be hosted at Royal Melbourne. Kicks off on Wednesday. Today. It starts at like five thirty Eastern, I think. I have the schedule somewhere here, but I'll I'll get to it later. Um <laughs> then we also have Corn Ferry. Q School, uh, the finals of Q School at Orange County National. That is on both the Crooked Cat and the Panther Panther Creek course. Um, <laughs> and then we also have, not to be missed, the QBE, formerly named Shark Shootout. Um, and that is, I think it's still in Naples, right? Yeah, and I've got the TV times because you can't look at it because we have a game later. That is on from noon to two. It's 
starting Friday and it ends. It's not, they don't have it on Thursday, which is strange. Cause I think the event starts on <laughs> Thursday. It's uh this thing might be wrong on pjtour.com because I think it wraps on Saturday, but it says Friday, Saturday, and Sunday from noon to basically two. And then on the weekend it goes till four, but yeah, the QBE, uh, QBE shootout. QBE shootout. It's a, it's a big one. They, they, they must feel slighted. They, they got a bad schedule draw this year. They couldn't get all the stars they wanted because of the President's Cup, I'm sure. I got the schedule here. So we got Wednesday. So today, kicking off the President's Cup, we got a f- four ball matches from 5.30 p.m. Eastern till midnight. Primetime golf in Australia. This is one of the benefits of Australia. It's probably why they should have a major. Um, Thursday, we got foursomes. So alternate shot from 7 p.m. until 12 a.m. Midnight, also known as. Um, And then Friday, we get foursomes and four-ball. That's from 3 p.m. till 2 a.m. Friday night could get a little loose watching. And then... uh, (laughs) Saturday, we got singles from 6 p.m. till midnight. Now, uh, we're recording this a little early on Tuesday, so we don't have the pairings yet. But but uh, we're going to talk. We're going to do. What's your event of the week? We got you got you got to pick event of the week. My, my event of the week, anytime it happens, is the QBE shootout. <laughs> I just the great, great hotel. Always fun. Everybody's a little loose. I did dive into it. It's Friday is the scramble. Saturday is golf. And then that's modified alternate shot. And Sunday it wraps up. And not to be outdone, do I have something for you, Andy? There is a live concert in Naples on Saturday for those in the area. I'm going to let you guess. Who do you think is headlining the concert on Tiburon Golf Club Driving Range. Tickets are $125. And I want you, before you answer, I want you to think of golf and golf events and in the East Coast. Golf, golf events, East Coast. Whenever there's like a concert like this that's free, I always revert back to like the guys that played at ski trips, on college ski trips that I went on, which were like Bubba Sparks. I think Coolio played one of them. <laughs> so I'm going to go with Coolio. It's not Coolio. <laughs> this, I feel like you should have got the answer. Is it I'm Darius Rucker? Is it yeah. the new, it's the PXG troop, the new PXG troop. It's Darius Rucker, your, first, your second guess. Well, I mean, I, I, want, I was thinking about saying it, but... But yeah, I mean, it makes sense. This is how he's got to earn his his uh, his troops contract. This is what PXG is paying him the big bucks for. It's Darius Rucker and Lady Annabellum. That is absolutely worth any price of admission. One twenty five is kind of a steal. I might go down there. I should. We should be covering the shark shootout. Doing Man, it was it was an unbelievable moment. You know, we actually used to do the final round of this. Uh, back uh, probably, I think the last year we did it was two years ago, on Fox. And we'd go down there and Golf Channel would have the first couple of days. And uh, it was, I'll say this, there is no more of a relaxed event on the planet Earth 
and every player is hanging out after who knows what time they go to bed. But I would say if you ever want a personal like walk up and shake a hand of a PGA Tour player or even an LPGA Tour player, you want to go to the QBE. I hear that another good one is Kapalua for that, where they all just kind of hang out. Well, I've never been to the golf course, but isn't that really all that's right there around it? It's just the, the hotel and the course? I think so. And I think they all just hang out. Like it's, you know, there's very few fans. There's very, very... Oh, uh, your favorite your favorite tournament. I mean, you, you can do a lot more. I mean, how nice were those drone shots you had at, uh, at Pebble during the U.S. Open this year? Because there's no fans in the ocean, except for <laughs> no. that one paddle boarder. <laughs> we did the U.S. Amateur, obviously, the year before, and Zinger would go into Stillwater Cove. Every time we'd show Stillwater Cove, Zinger on air would talk about the great white sharks, and we're like a day in, and our producer, Mark Loomis, goes, all right, Zing, we can't keep bringing up the great whites. That's enough. He'd go, oh, you don't want to be in there. Yeah. There's big great whites in there. That's, it's it's like one of the worst shark areas in the whole whole world. I I saw that guy paddleboarding around on Saturday or Sunday, whatever it was, and I was like, "This guy's an idiot." Crazy that yeah. we had we sent Joel Clad in there to scuba dive around, and I told him I, before he went in, I he texted me. I said, "Hey, you know, you had a good run. You had a great run. I mean, it's before your first big golf event. I I uh, I, I hope I hope you get out alive." He's, he, he, you'd lose the star of uh, Fox High Noon. Was it High Noon? <laughs> big Noon. Big, big Noon. Big. <laughs> but he's, he's, the, he's on the telecast. He's not I on know. the Big Noon set. Well, well, I just, whenever I think Fox College football, I think Big Noon. Or big I, noon what I really awesome. think about is High Noon, because I think it should have been called High Noon. <laughs> do, you, do you watch Big Noon? I'm a big fan. That, by the way, that was Big Noon, big fan. I'm a fan. I, I love that crew. I, it's good. It's good. It would be better with a name change to High Noon. I'll, I'll throw that. I'll throw that up the. Uh, I, I, it's I'll, like an ode. It's an ranks. ode to like the uh, the old Western country Western culture. High Noon. We're gonna meet for a duel at High Noon. Whenever somebody <laughs> says we're meeting at noon, I say High Noon. What about if you have a? What if you have a tea at noon? What do you have? It's a High Noon tea. Okay, perfect. That's what I was hoping for. <laughs> so so anyways moving on <laughs> so uh royal melbourne there's a great uh i really like this quote we're gonna, gonna go bounce back we're, we'll go back to the qbe later but i think people are tuning in for royal melbourne talk and uh and uh president's cup talk the uh john huggin wrote a cool piece with the guy you played with a lot of quotes from mike clayton about the course and uh, you've played both of these courses, so you'll you'll probably be able to compare and contrast. Royal Melbourne is the closest thing you'll ever see to Pine Valley, where every hole is great, says Clayton. Uh, I can't think of another course where almost every hole uh, would be the best hole on 90% of courses anywhere in the world. That's Pine Valley, and that's the composite course at Royal Melbourne. I, I agree. I mean, you know, even when you start off... You know, I always love, and you're the architecture guy, but I haven't been there. You know, when no, you, you know, so. but when you play, when you go to Scotland and you play the like historic Scotland golf courses. So if you play St Andrews or you kind of make your way up the coast, almost every golf course you play has a very friendly first hole. 
And it's something I've mentioned Bannon already, but it's something that I love that the designers of the courses at Bannon Dunes did was they made all the first holes kind of a handshake start. And it really brings me back to Scotland. But there's obviously subtleties to the old course opening hole where you can get yourself in trouble. Obviously, there's a little OB right. If it's blowing left to right, you could hit it over there. There's a, a burn that can get in the way if you do something silly. The green on the first hole, it's a, it's a friendly, easy tee shot to get the ball in play. But the green slopes away from you. And if it's firm and, and, the, and they're toasty on the greens, you can hit a wedge off the back. And again, it's you should be thinking, I'm going to make birdie at one, I'm going to get going. But it's easy to find yourself over the back. And I feel like there's those subtleties that, again, as kind of a novice guy around course design, I noticed them. And I feel like if I notice them, that somebody like yourself or Mike Clayton or Ogilvie or Crenshaw, those guys are really going to notice it because those are the things to me that stand out being somebody that just looks for little, little, little subtleties. Yeah. It, it, I mean, I've, I've read a ton about it and I mean, there's just the, there's so many great holes, but then obviously the firm fast conditions just should just, it makes the design more important, especially now where guys are hitting so many wedges in. Here's a little President's Cup trivia. Do you know what year the the lone international win was? Uh, I think it was 98. You are correct. It was actually the second largest margin of victory. There was something Justin Ray wrote out, I think, this week about that's the only time a team has had all the guys inside a certain world ranking. Yeah. And that was the team that lost, was the American team then. So – Obviously, they're looking, you know, at some, I mean, that is a stretch, but some symmetry possibly with, with this U.S. team. So Peter Thompson was the was the uh, captain. He beat Jack. Peter Thompson beat Jack. I caddied in a group at the old course at St. Andrews that Peter Thompson played in. And he was in his 70s, and he still hit it unbelievable, and it was one of the coolest five hours of my entire life. And... You know, the uh, it was at Royal Belbert that win. The ninety-eight win was. Yeah. So what was the who was on that team? Can you can you list me the international team? Elkington was on it, I know. Um, Nick Price. Um, Greg Norman. You know what? I'm not gonna look it up. Give give me some guys and let me guess if they were or weren't on. All right. This is a little pre uh, prelude to our uh, our later one. Uh, Michael Campbell. No. He wasn't on. No. Wayne, Wayne Grady. <laughs> I'm going to say yes. No, he was the non-playing <laughs> assistant captain. <laughs> can I, can I break? Can I, I, this is, this is, I'm trying to do as much shotgun start things as possible. I was cracking up. So the President's Cup Twitter account sent out these pictures. Oh, it, it was I four pictures on their Twitter account. And it was about the swag that was laid out for people that were on the teams. And one of the pictures was Steve Stricker's room. I saw and that. Steve Stricker has a bag. And all I could think was, what does a playing captain do? Or oh, sorry, what is, a, what, is a, what is an assistant captain doing with a bag? Do, so, you think, do you think it gets back to Wisconsin? That's my question. Yeah, it's gonna get back to the Wisconsin, but what a waste! It's like having your cat, a, a play, a captain's caddy fly over. <laughs> you got so heated about this. It's it. What a waste of money. 
I guess well, they, they need something charter. to com- commemorate. But the, the bag <laughs> probably cost a thousand dollars. And shipping is not cheap. Yeah, I, I. It's ridiculous. You side note it made me think of Damon Green at the Ryder Cup. Ollie Schneider dance is in Web Final or Corn Fairy Finals this weekend. <laughs> how many? How long until? What's how, the how is that possible? What's the over under on the date where you never say Web Web Tour again? I. It's going to be a long time. It took me a long time to get over nationwide to web. It took me a long time to get from buy.com to nationwide. And it took me even longer time to get from Nike tour to, to buy.com. Buy.com is the sleeper there. I almost forgot it was buy.com. I'm going to give you, I'll set the over under at August, 2020 that you stop saying web. I, I don't know. If that's long enough. I think, if Corn Fairy came in on, as a big title sponsor with a shotgun star to get my act together, but until then, we're gonna we're probably gonna butcher it. So, so back to the always exciting nineteen ninety eight Presidents Cup roster. Carlos Franco. No, he was on it. Come on, <laughs> Carlos Franco. I mean, Carlos Franco's stories are incredible. <laughs> what is the Carlos Franco? Who was his teammate? Um, I don't know who his teammate was in the in it. Um, I'm looking it up. I'm, a, I'm looking it up. I got. Oh, here, find here. I'll, I'll find. I'll find it here. He played with. Um, he played with Perry. He played with uh, Craig Perry. Craig Perry was on the team. <laughs> He also played. They lost. They lost to Fred Couples and Davis Law. He played with Nick Price. He lost that match. I think VJ Singh was on this team. I mean, VJ Singh was so good for so long at golf. It's unbelievable. Yeah, these. This is a uh, Shigeki Mariyama, Mister Fifty Eight. I mean, I'm I'm kind of ruining a potential great flashback Friday. They had they had Jumbo Ozaki. He, he was a rookie. He was a 42-year-old rookie. And then Greg Turner. Who is Greg Turner? I don't even Greg. know who Greg Turner is. Greg Turner. He's from New Zealand. He's from New Zealand. Nabilo was on the team. Greg Turner. He won the British Masters in 97. Beat Colin Montgomery by a shot. You, you, I'm going to run down the American team real quick. Jack Nicholas II was the play, the assistant captain. <laughs> Duvall, Tiger, Furick, Justin Leonard, Phil Mickelson, Davis Love, Marco Mira, Scott Hoke, Mark Kelkovecchia, Fred Couples, John Houston, and uh, Lee Jansen. <laughs> Which of that lineup, which of that lineup, if you had to play them in a match, do you think you'd be the most nervous to play? Tiger notwithstanding. And you like know what? A, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Duvall off the list in, too. Because, in, in this in this setting. Well yes. okay, let's just take like any Hall of Famers out of it. Okay. Um and I, I would say I'd be most scared about playing Scott Hoke because he was That's so who angry. I was gonna say. 
That's who I was going to say. He was such an angry guy. Hey, can I ask you something? Was Greg Turner a captain's pick? Yes. Who who would you most want to play of all the guys? Greg Turner. <laughs> Greg Turner for sure. I mean, maybe Craig Perry. I was going to ask, who would you most want to play at Royal Melbourne if you had to win a match this week? That is an unbelievable question. We got to get back to this this week. We're, we're sorry, we're I, off the rail. This, you're you this, know, you're taking this, the role as me too far. I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> if I had to play someone this week off the list of both, do I get both teams? Both teams. It's going to be it's going to be fairly controversial. So I'm just going to lay it out there. All right. Smart. Smart and might want to pause for a minute and go walk outside. I think I want to play Hideki. Really? Why? I, I just, you know, it's, it's, uh, it, you got to kind of play the contours and you can't hit the ball way up in the air and you're going to have to make a lot of four and five footers. Let's see. Hideki has one top 10 in an open championship, and that was back in 2013. Missed the cut in the last two open championships. I think I'm going to take Hideki. All right. I'd, I'd take Bryson. I, I was gonna, I was thinking about saying Bryson. So he's dealing with a whole new body type, which you know is concerning. I don't think he's. I like has any player ever like really bulked up and gotten really good? <laughs> okay, this was something I wanted to talk to you about. I, I first of all, the Cal story was incredible. I mean, just absolutely, <laughs> just next level. I was. I had to look stuff up online. So I think you and I have similar thoughts on, on, on the young man, Bryson. God love him. So he has basically decided that the best way for him to deter injury and to hit the ball longer is to gain 30 to 40 pounds of muscle. Is that, is that basically what yes. he's saying? Yes. Okay. And I know he has his, I think he has his own gym equipment. I think he's got his like symbol or whatever on the equipment at his house. Oh yeah. It's this seems to have been proven to not work out successfully for people that have tried this lately. Correct. I think so. I, I feel like speed isn't generated with muscle mass, right? And especially upper body, that, that's the thing that I'm really confused about. Like, if I was going to say, if Bryson showed up and had, like, Saquon legs, and I went, man, that's unbelievable. This guy's been just doing squats and leg presses and for hours on end every day of the offseason. That, to me, at least in my brain, and I'm not very smart, but that at least to me would make a little bit of sense. The thing I'm not understanding is, like, if I'm just going to use all my time to do like heavy chest and like, like as, as much pull downs as possible, that's going to make me a better golfer. And what I also don't get is he's already an unbelievable golfer. I know. He's unbelievable. 
I well, like, what he, does he need to get better at? I, they posted a video of his swing today, and I kind of looked at it. And I'm like, that doesn't look as good as it used to look. It looks like it. He's having trouble moving because he's so <laughs> big. Look, he's the 13th ranked player in the world in the he, entire world. I mean, he was golf. like six, eighteen months ago. At the end of 2018, he was ranked fifth in the world, so he's dropped. To 13. So obviously, let's figure out what's wrong. And, you know, I, I say this a lot about pro golfers is it seems like when a little thing happens, they've got to jump on it and figure out what I can do different to make myself get back to where I was. And obviously, that works for some. And I think it takes people down a rabbit hole for others. But again, I, there's a lot of stuff that Bryson has done that obviously has worked for Bryson. But I think one of my favorite points you've made about Bryson. And like the the one club link and all of the things that he's done in, you know, basically all of the math he's tried to incorporate into his golf is take all that away, give the guy Big Bertha X-12s and a Rossi 2, and he's still going to be unbelievable because he's been unbelievable his entire life. He was the best golfer in the world as an amateur. He was the best golfer in the world as a junior player. And he burst on the scene and he's been one of the best young players in the world already. It's like, you're really good at this no matter what you do. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I think it, it's great. The other reason I think Bryson, it could be a bad week for him, is that he does not like firm conditions. <laughs> he complained about firm conditions at Pebble Beach. So <laughs> And I, it got a lot of rain. Yeah. And we got a lot of rain. It was like soft. It was notorious. It was like everybody because the the marine layer wouldn't f- burn off. But so he he was quoted, and uh, I was reminded of this because of Will Knights today. And uh, Will pulled the quote today. They did a great job on seventeen. The green was soft. That's the way it has to be for that green. And it was into the wind. I hit a four iron, and it landed and rolled out two yards. That's acceptable. It's not acceptable when you hit a high, a nice high four iron and it rolls out 15 yards. Are your ears bleeding right now as you read that? I, I, I mean, if that's the way he thinks, it could be a tough week for him at Royal Melbourne. So Bryson has no top tens in major championships thus far in his career. It's very, it's very young. You know, I'm not going to hold that against him. But in the opens across the pond, he's gone miscut, T51, missed cut. And, uh, you know, I mean, if you kind of look at that type of golf, obviously those aren't great stats. Do you know, and I don't want to go off the rails here, so I'm only going to say this. You can go right back to what you're talking about. He won the Divide Desert Classic by seven this year. I do not remember that at all. I mean, he wins a lot. He wins by a lot. I mean, he got, he had that win just taken away from him by Matt Wolf's brilliant eagle on the 18th in Minneapolis. But like, God, he, I mean, remember last year in the in the FedEx Cup? He was the best player in the world for a while. Yeah, he won the Northern Trust by four. He wins the Dell Technologies, like, right after that. He was just rolling into the Tour Championship. And as I say, it, it seems that there's, you know, five weeks where these guys get really, really nervous. It's the four majors in, in, in the FedEx Cup because all the money that's on the line. But, you know, we had him in the U.S. Amateur when he won that U.S. Amateur in 2015. Olympia. And he was Chicago. He was boat racing people. It was like it was like a man amongst children. He was killing people in those matches. And it wasn't even close when he was playing them. And it was like every single match, 
he would get up on him early. And you were like, it was those moments where you knew he was going to be great. But I don't hate the pick. I, I kind of like the, the Bryson as the pick. If you were looking at the list on both sides, U.S. side first and international side second, which of these players do you think will have – you know how there's always that surprise guy that he shouldn't be surprising because he's one of the best golfers on planet Earth, but for whatever reason, we're shocked that he goes 4-0-1? Do you have anybody on either side that you feel like really stands out that's going to do that? Um, yeah, I do. I, but first, we're going to get to an ad read. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know what, uh, what season it is? Uh, winter? Holiday? Winter, holidays, it's perfect coffee drinker season. Our friends at Bixby's. Bixby. I'm having a coffee right now. Look at that. Is that Bixby? It's not a Bixby, but I do love me some Bixby. Yeah, you came over to the Bixby house a bunch. I had a lot of Bixby during Masters Week. Yeah, you'd come over and just drink like three cups of coffee and just <laughs> end all productivity at the Bixby house. But uh, Bixby. Too amped up. Bixby. It's a great gift. Coffee is a great gift. Have you ever gotten coffee as a gift? I have. I have. I used to get my mom, before we went to the Nespresso, my mom would get us uh, a coffee subscription, much like Bixby does. And we'd have it for three or four months. The coffee would show up at our house. Don't have to go to the store. Probably not as fresh as Bixby. Because, I mean, I don't know if people know this or not. But Bixby, Andy, hey. They don't send it out. What is what is the line? They don't send it out until they you roast. It? They roast it the day they they you order it. The Unbelievable! Yeah, you know if you go to the grocery store, now those beans could be sitting there for ten years, twenty years. You know, two years ago, my my mother in law got me a bag of coffee as like a stocking stuffer. Nice. Loved it. I I every time I drank the coffee in the morning, I was like, oh, this was a great gift from my mother in law. But uh, so Bixby has a great offer. You can get their holiday gift pack, and it includes three, three different bags of coffee. You get their their holiday blend. Their uh, let's see, pull this up here. You were trying to wing it. I could see their tail. Their tail tail wagon blend. Uh, their signature tail wagon blend. Blend. I mean. Bixby's uh, logo. They got a great logo. It's a dog. So it's, you're going to be happy if you drink the tail wagon blend. I love it. You know, it might have, you know, some special stuff in it. Who knows? Uh, and then their single origin organic Peruvian coffee. And then also as a bonus, you're going to get a steep bag. You know, uh -huh. one of those little poppers that we had at the Bixby house. Do you yeah. remember those? Yeah. Yeah. You can just pop it into some hot water. You can carry it around with you find some hot water you got coffee um i got a, i got a line i got a line for you here andy you ready yeah you know what won't get you in hot water a nice bixby holiday gift see that's why they pay the big bucks at fox <laughs> so you can get this 20 percent off the holiday gift pack by using our promo code special promo code of the week gentleman just like Slugger White described Patrick Reed as a gentleman. Singular, not gentleman, gentleman. One word. Thanks, Bixby, for, you know, bringing us this great podcast this week. 
And now, Andy, that- Andy, you gave me a Bixby dog toy. It was a soft dog toy. And I've got a French bulldog named Harlow who specifically chases balls only. So I, you gave it to me. I thought it was really nice of you to have it at the Bixby house at the Masters. And I brought it home. Harlow was obsessed for like two weeks. Would bring it up on the couch. Would take a nap with it in her mouth. Big fan of the, the Bixby dog toy. And just imagine if the dog toy had, had like a steeped bag around it, man. Yeah. Harlow would still be running around with that thing. <laughs> Harlow, Harlow might have gotten over-caffeinated. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, Bixby. Making dogs happy and uh, coffee drinkers happy. So, surprises. Who's going to have a surprisingly great week in, uh, at, at Royal Melbourne? I'm going to go on the international side. I'm going to start there. I'm going to pick Cam Smith. It could go one of two ways, yes. I think, for Cameron. I mean, I think with the fact that he put himself out there, the comments he made about Patrick Reed being one of the few people that plays professional golf and use the cheat word, which, I mean, you know, believe it or not, if you if you say cheat or cheater, I mean, you're putting yourself out there like Cameron did. It could go, people could be obviously very supportive and he could get a lot of uh, help from fans and all that, or it could go the complete other way and it could be just a complete disaster for him. So I don't really see him going like two and two. I think he's going to have, to your point, a big week and, and be the integral part for Ernie, or it's going to be, you know, a, a really rough one. What do you think? I mean, Cantlay is who I'm going with. I just feel like this kid is built for these types of events and match play and, you know, just going out there and playing and, and, and beating people's brains. And I just feel like Patrick Cantlay is the next in line of these guys that are going to show up and play well. You're, you're living in the Patrick zone this week. I, I am. Are you worried two, about, about the Patrick zone? What about two Patricks? Of all the names in the world, we have two Patricks on a 12-person team. That's, that's pretty surprising. I mean, it's a pretty common name. Is it? How many Patricks do you know? I live in Chicago. It's a very Irish town. I bet I don't have a Patrick in my phone. I know like 30 Patricks. I don't believe it. Name one right now. Uh, Patrick Reed. This is not fair. You can't name a professional. You don't pa- know him. Patrick Hatchinger, old colleague. What does he do? What does he do? Well, he used to be a writer. He's, I don't know what he's doing now. He's in real estate. Dude, you don't know him. He's, he's real people. <laughs> You're getting me in trouble with all my Patrick friends. Every friend of yours named Patrick is going to immediately hate you. But I'm just saying, (laughs) it proves my point that you're sitting here telling me there's all these Patricks. (laughs) Patrick's one of the most common names in the world. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. My wife's cousin has a kid named Patrick. Last name? Kirby. I don't know. You made that up. I did make that up. I don't believe you for one second. Um, You know, I worry about Reed bringing him down, but Reed will probably play well. He'll probably play great. By the way, of the 50 most popular baby names of 2020, Patrick, not on the list. Um, 2020? We're talking, look in 1988, you know? (laughs) That would be an applicable time to look. I'm just telling you. Maybe maybe you're not considering. I might just name my firstborn Patrick to mess with you. (laughs) I'm okay with it. I'd like it. You probably probably turned out to be a pretty good golfer. You know know who I uh, 
Also, Sneaky might have a great week. Uh, Joaquin Neiman. He's been playing really good golf. I feel like Neiman is one of those guys that we all want to be great. You know, I mean, I know he's really good, obviously, but I think we all want him to be really good. So we all we all get excited when he's in things like this because, you know, he's 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 so young. He's, he should be like a sophomore in college or something. But he's got he's got my rule of uh, rule of three. He's got two two very, very good skills. So he's a great driver of the golf ball, great approach player. He's he's just got to become a decent putter and he's going to be great. So what is what's your confidence level on the internationals making this thing interesting? I actually kind of like the internationals. Abe Answer won won the Oz, Oz Open last year too, right? Abe and and he played really well in the World Cup at uh, Metropolitan. So I I don't know. I think they're sneaky. Louis's been playing great golf, right? I mean, Adam Scott was hitting snap hooks last week, <laughs> so that's not good. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I have no clue. Sung JM's played great golf. What do you think the first time Adam Scott hit a snap hook? Do you think he was like, well, that's, that was, I've never done that before. I, yeah, I wonder what he feels like when I hit a snap hook, I am terrified. Like, <laughs> I'm like, oh no. <laughs> and like, I'm going to hit like 17 blocks in a row before I'm absolutely even, even able to consider swinging through the ball it's gonna be 30 yards right it's like when you shank one and the next shot is so far on the toe you almost whip it yeah. i i don't know i i mean like if you were running down this list of players like if we were drafting the teams like we were playing pickup golf right when's the first international picked? like who's if i give you first pick i'm gonna take second two this week who are you taking first so I get fir- I get first pick of the entire team. Entire, both teams. All right, I, I'll probably take Justin Thomas one. I, I think that's a good first pick. Um, I'm gonna take. I would take Tiger. And uh, is this so? Is a snake draft? I get. I get two. I get second. Fine. I'll take Tiger. You get the next pick. Well, I mean, no, I'll let you snake it. Go ahead. I've taken Tiger. I mean, I, I think I think at this point I'd probably take Louie. Yeah. So just the, the world ranking is kind of deceiving. Louie always plays great in that match play, right? Right. And he plays awesome in majors. Right. Like he, his, his world ranking does not, you know, reflect the caliber he, of golf. He just you've made you've made this point very clear. He doesn't win stuff, but he plays well a lot, you know? Yeah. I The problem is the bottom of the international team. Like, there's too many. Like, I have no clue what C.T. Pan's going to do this week. Right. And, and But this has been the issue always. So I did, two years ago at Liberty National, I broadcasted the world feed for the President's Cup the whole week. And obviously, it was this massive blowout. And you get these matches that were competitive with the guys on the international team that you'd expect to play well. It was always the 10th, 11th, and 12th players that seemed to really struggle. You mentioned Louie, by the way, match play and how he always plays well. Quarterfinals in 2014, quarterfinals in 2015, second in 2016, 
round of 16 in 2018, quarterfinals in 2019. Obviously, a guy that that enjoys this, you know, this type of play. I mean, could you imagine having to play Louis in a match? It'd be, be impossible. <laughs> he like is just like a machine. He would just, he would be the most frustrating. You just feel like any time that you had a wedge that you'd have to hit it to like two feet. Like it'd be like I have to make birdies. Like whenever I have a slightest of an opportunity because he's going to be 10 feet away all day long. That would be what I'd feel like if I had to play Justin Thomas. Yeah. Cause I feel like too. when I, if you had to play Justin Thomas, if you didn't hit it eight feet, you were going to be away. Hey, so I think the format, I think if I was, if I was running the president's cup, I would completely blow this thing up. Well, you have to, I mean, it, it, I mean, you listen, I, I understand what the president's cups about. I get why they have it. I, it's, I mean, you and I are going to watch it. I mean, it probably helps with the time, but it's going to be on TV and it's these huge names that we want to watch and we get excited to watch. But when there's one international win and it happened in 1998 and year after year, it seems like the Americans have the best team and they show up and just run through this stuff. You've got to do something different. And that's what I don't understand is why they've never Try, they've never changed this thing up. Have six guys and six females, or something, to make this feel fresher and newer. Shane, what would you do if I told you I had this great idea? You know, and I love, love Pequod's Pizza in Chicago, and I just I can't believe how crowded it is. It's two hour waits all the time. You know, I'm gonna make. Pequod, the exact same thing as Pequod's just down the street. I'm going to call it P P Dwads. <laughs> and I'm going to try and do the exact same thing as Pequod's. <laughs> but have a slightly <laughs> different recipe. Very slight. I'm going to use, instead of butter, I'm going to use margarine. What would you say to me? I would say you've got no chance. So that's essentially what they've done with the President's Cup is they were like, oh, man, the Ryder Cup's awesome. If we as the PGA Tour could own something like the Ryder Cup or own the Ryder Cup, it'd be amazing. So, like, why don't we just copy the Ryder Cup and instead of European, we'll do every country except for Europe? It's. I again, I absolutely get the idea of making this thing the international players in the world. Like, give them a chance to compete on a stage that they otherwise didn't get. And when you think back to these teams, Andy, in the 90s and the early 2000s, they probably should have won multiple President's Cups. You think about Goosen in his prime, Ernie, BJ. But, you know, it's these guys. I mean, these teams were good. Ogilvy was great. Mike Weir was really, really competitive and one of the best players in the world. It's actually surprising when you look at some of these teams and think they weren't able to compete, especially when we laugh and joke about some of the Ryder Cup teams that the Americans put out there over the years and some of the guys that were on those teams. They're the same players that were playing on these President's Cup teams, yet the U.S. went out and won every single year. It's just this thing hasn't really worked. So why wouldn't you do something a little different 
to just make it interesting because you and I both want it to be fun. We want to wake up in the morning or watch it at night and it be interesting and cool to watch. Like we root for stuff like this because we're golf fans at the end of the day. And, uh, and I think that's sometimes where people, they don't totally get why people complain about stuff like this is it's not because we hate what you're doing. We just want it to, to, we want it to work and we want it to be intriguing. Yeah. It, it just, and I want it to have its own identity. It's just right. like the President's Cup to me is like, it's what, what happens when off years of the Ryder Cup. Instead of like, I, I don't know. I think the World Cup is a great event, for example. I would love to see some sort of a spinoff, like where you took the World Cup and you took, say, okay, we're going to do the World Cup, but we're going to add a match play component with it at the end of it. Like where, you know, we can have, we have, you know, two men teams playing match play or something right. to see who wins. Uh, but like this, this format is already taken by another right. event. Well, okay. So, so if you look at, I'm looking at the Rolex rankings right now for women's golf. Okay. Yeah. And if, if I asked you, I mean, if you asked any golf fan, where are the best players in the world currently from, it would be Asia. And yeah, you of South course Korea. would be right. So if you were looking at six, so, and if you looked at the men's side of things with the international players and the Americans right now, obviously the, the Americans are, 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 are higher ranked. They win more stuff. Their resumes are way more polished. But just think about this. Think about six players from both sides, from men's and women's golf. On the women's side of things, you get Jin Young Ko. You get Sung Young Park. You get, you get Se Young Kim. Lee Six. You get Area Jatanagarn. I mean, these players are unbelievable. But then on the USA side, you get Nellie Korda and Danielle Kang and Lexi Thompson and Jessica Korda. And, you know, I mean, could this you, would could be you imagine, fun to could watch. You, could you imagine a Reed-Lexi um, Thompson pairing? <laughs> well, I was thinking Reed-Danielle Kang. It would be awesome. They would never lose. Um, yeah, it would be it, it, the the whole. It would be that actually would be a great that'd be the fix. That is the fix. It's it would be it would just make again like I, when we did this. It's funny that I'm going to go back to the QBE shootout here for a second. But one of the years we did the QBE, the Sharks shootout. When Lexi that was played? the year that Lexi played the first time with Bryson, and. That was it when was, Bryson was side saddling. Uh, face on, Andy. Face, face on. on. He made sure to correct us every time we said side saddle. He, uh, but yeah, he was doing what the side saddle. What an amazing time playing with Lexi, and it was must watch TV. And we were watching this silly season event, but you wanted to see how they played as teammates. And there was one time I remember Lexi smoked a drive, and she was right next to Bryson's ball. Maybe this is why Bryson packed on forty pounds. But they were right next to each other, and it was a big story. And you know, this is obviously a lot different than, you know, Annika and Fred Funk. I mean, Bryson hits the ball far, and Lexi obviously can beat it out there. So why wouldn't that be something that would be looked at? It would be – it would make – you know what it would do? It would make sports news outside of golf if that happened. Yeah. I, I mean, it would just be such – it would be so fun to watch the best women and the best men in the world, like, playing alternate shot together. 
like picking out the strategy behind who would tee off on certain holes and who right. would you know like who you, who you'd have you know like and it would just be such a it'd be an amazing way to watch like watch golf. I I don't know. I agree. I your your idea is better than my idea. It would be it would be the <laughs> most popular event in golf. I, I agree with you. I, I think that uh, I think that it would. No matter it, if it was competitive or not competitive, we would all watch it. We would all be excited, and it would give the LPGA Tour and women's golf a boost. That and I'm not one of those people that say it needs a boost because I don't think it does because it's unbelievable and it's so much fun to watch. But it would give them a platform where a lot of people might watch them play that they don't normally watch the LPGA and the LET and women's golf in general. And you would be reminded at how effing good they are at golf because they're unbelievable. And Jin Young Ko out there in best ball playing alongside, you know, Hideki or Louie, and and she makes spy birdies. You know, you're like, wow, this is crazy. Imagine if Jin Young Ko, like, beat Tiger to win the President's Cup. Yeah, singles heads up. It'd be so cool. Anyway, I mean, this has been my fix for a while, and I think it'd be so cool if they did it. And, you know, what I keep saying is the only way that this thing's going to be relevant is if they change the format or if the internationals come out and absolutely stomp the Americans and they kind of rub their face in it. Because the Americans are going to have to – they're going to have to be slightly embarrassed to want to come out fired up in two years when this thing comes back on. And the internationals are going to have to, for better – for, for lack of a better example, run out on the green when a putt's made to win because, you know, nothing stirs up an event more than a little bit of controversy. Yeah. Um, you want to do some news? We're, we're, we're running, running along here. Yeah. I don't, have, do I don't have, you know, Brendan usually keeps track of time. I have no clue where we are, but I think we're getting <laughs> close to an hour. Um, so, uh, so uh, Tiger addressed the media had to talk about the read thing said as we all know pat was penalized that was it end of story unfortunately he missed the playoff by those two shots but we're looking at this week seems to be the general sweeping under the rug of the situation um i guess i kind of we'll see what happens afterwards i in a team situation like this if you're not sending them home like you can't I feel like this is actually the response that has to happen, right? Yeah, no, no, nothing good is going to come from him commenting anything further than that. It's a little bit like jumping on the refs. You know, if you're if you're Belichick, you know, I'm just not going to talk on it. I mean, it's not going to do you any good to basically blow that up. So for Tiger, I mean, it, it's the only thing he can say. So uh, Reed also addressed the media. So about Cameron, Cameron Smith, the comments, he goes, it goes from wanting to beat those guys to now turning personal. So it's going to be a fun week. And then regard- if, if it's not, again, this goes, listen, the President's Cup needs every boost it can get. If it's not Cam Patrick Reed on Sunday, what are we even doing here? It, it has to be, right? I mean, it. This is entertainment. Who are you? This root, who sports, are you rooting for if they if they play each other? Well, I, I always root for the internationals in the President's <laughs> Cup. I want them to win. I do too. I, I want them to win so bad. They're they're like it's like watching Rudy. 
<laughs> I want to see Abraham Answer and Hal Tong Lee and the bread man celebrating together on Sunday. That's what I want to see. It'd be fun. So I'm kind of disappointed. I think that the main action, it's too bad that Day's not playing and that Vegas didn't make the team because they could reenact reenacted them running at Zurich. Remember when all four of them were running? It's, it's, the running got like 30 minutes of shotgun start play. Honestly, it's my favorite moment. I will remember that the most of anything that happened this year, including Tiger winning the Masters. What, what do you think your running style, what do you think people would say about your running style? I know you hurt your foot last year in L.A. So it's funny. I uh, I played hoops for the first time in a while last night. And I woke okay, up. How to, do you feel today? Oh, I woke up and I like I like pulled a muscle in my rib cage. And this morning it was idea. it was so cold out this morning, and I ran <laughs> to my garage, which is detached, and I start and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm running like Jason Day right now!" <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm just like I like couldn't move my body. It was just, it, I mean, it was awful. Wait, why are you playing hoops? I I like playing basketball. I hadn't played in a couple of years. I went to the gym and I saw oh my goodness. saw a pickup going on, and I go, you know what? I'm getting. In, I'm gonna go play hoops. And, Were you uh, wearing basketball shoes? I brought some. I I thought I might play basketball. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You you just haven't played basketball in two years. You just brought basketball shoes with you in case a game breaks out. Well, it was at night, and I knew there. I I. You know, I see that they play that there was pickup a lot at night. So I know you, I know you pretty well. This has to be the most prepared thing you've ever done in your life. I mean, you can't even book airline airline tickets correctly. I it was whatever. So I ended up playing hoops. It was <laughs> I, playing playing basketball after not playing it for two years. It, it like, Everything hurts. Oh, and your body just you're moving so so much slower than your mind is. And you're like, you're, it's like you got two left hands at all times. But all I, I you know, I just tried to try to limit my the damage I could do pretty much. I was just I was in don't get injured mode. It's, it's, and the problem with don't get injured mode is you don't ever really go up for a rebound. And all you do is shoot threes and you haven't shot in two years. So you're terrible. Yeah, I was I was setting a lot of screens and like taking oh, two dribbles, two dribbles, getting another commit, uh, defender to commit and addition to the open guy. This is a little bit of a tangent, but just give me if you could. I want you to rank your favorite and least favorite pickup basketball guy. Oh, OK. So. I had a, a gruesome ankle injury, and it was from the spastic, like, ex-wrestler who's, like, okay. uber-athletic, and you see him come in the gym, and you're like, oh, fuck, please, please don't guard me. And it's like, you know, they're, like, decent, but they hack the shit out of you. Yeah. And they, they aren't good at basketball, but they're very, a- they're very athletic, so they, like, are somewhat useful. They get rebounds, like... This guy caught, like, I knew it was going to happen, too. Like, I, I was like, oh, God, this guy. And sure enough, I come back. I have this, I had to go rehab my ankle. I come back, and, like, the first game back, that guy's on the other team. And I'm like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> but he's he's my least favorite guy to see. Okay. Either on my team or on an Like, I just don't <laughs> right. want them on the court. Because you're going to get le- injured. My least favorite guy is... Guy that's good and yells at everybody when they mess up, 
forgetting that we are in fact playing LA fitness pickup basketball. Yes. Like we're, we're all just here to get a run in. Yeah. Like nobody's here to like, to like punch up their stats. And he's, he's yelling at a bad pass or a turnover. You're like, listen, man, this guy's an accountant. He has an hour lunch break. He's playing pickup ball. Like let's take it easy on the guy. Yeah. Or like mad if somebody doesn't back cut. <laughs> um. He's 34. He last time he played organized pickup was 17. So maybe the back, maybe the maybe the internal instinct to back cut is has been lost in his two kids and six hours of sleep every night. The best guy is anybody that moves without the basketball and like does something useful outside of like. If somebody screens away from the ball, I'm like, oh, wow, this guy actually knows how to play basketball. Like, he understands right. that, like, he's doing something. He, you don't just screen on ball, you know? that That's probably my favorite guy to see. My favorite guy is um, I'm here to work out, and all I'm going to do is try to get rebounds. Like, I am so excited to, <laughs> to box out and get every rebound. And he's my so my one of my so my best friend in the world is this guy named Rusty Reynolds, and he went to school in in College Station, and I went to school in Tucson, and we'd play pickup five days a week. Yeah. you know, we'd play for two or three hours a day, five days a week for four years. And he showed up one time, and he was wearing a hat backwards. And my friend was like, "You got to tell your friend to take his hat off." And I was like, "Listen, he does what he does." And all Rusty would do was just slam his ass into people box out and get rebounds and by the end of the game my friend was like he's my favorite person i've ever played with all i mean he got like nine rebounds in a pickup game every game that's that's a great player i generally feel like that's usually like the 42 year old like guy that's kind of bigger heavier set that's like really in there to get a run and like doesn't really have many other like they just bored like crazy that i hate when i have to guard one of those guys too because oh, like the worst i i tend to get very lazy with boxing out you know <laughs> so that's your that's your uh you know what maybe a first on a shotgun start i, I i'm sad Porath wasn't around for that your pickup basketball uh loves and hates yeah we're usually talking about zone defense and in, in four-year-old basketball games and you know his his anger of them outlawing it. Um, so do you want do you want to do our QB shootout game? Oh shit! Yeah, this is like going to be the longest shotgun start in history. But that's fine. we'll do this and we'll get out. We'll do okay. this and we'll get out. Can I just right. read one more piece of news from uh, Sorry, yeah. Adam Adam Shootpack's uh, article? I just it's on Golf Week. He talking about Bryson's bulk. I think I just okay. really liked the writing that Adam had here. Uh, so. He had some tidbits about the wardrobe, the wardrobes. So he got, Bryce had got measured in May at the memorial for for um, President's Cup clothes. Right. And he checked his phone and reported that his chest size has increased from 52 to 54 inches. Oh, goodness. His neck size up 17 and a half to 18 and a half inches. And his waist 34 to 37 inches. 37? <laughs> That's ridiculous, right? What are you... What, I mean, what are you What are you bulking up workout-wise to go to a 37? I, do you know any, like, world-class athlete that's not, like, seven feet tall that has a 37-inch waist? 
<laughs> Can I ask you something? Do they make regular people? Do they make odd numbered waist size pants? I don't think so. Like I've only got like 32 or 34. I, I didn't know you could get odd number. So he also added that he'd still like to add another 10 pounds. This is unbelievable. <laughs> so he, and he said that should be hard to do with his eating habits. <laughs> In the mor- This is a morning interview. He'd already consumed four peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, a ham sandwich, a protein shake, and two, pro- to- two protein bars, eggs, bacon, and electrolyte solutions. I have, I have a, I have a, I have a theory. I just came up with. You want to hear my theory? Yes. All right. So here's my new theory on this. So, so one of Bryson's friends that likes to mess with him printed out that old Michael Phelps diet, but changed the date of the article and gave it to him. He's like, this is what a world class athlete eats all the time, you know, <laughs> not just when they're training. And so now Bryson's following it to a T. He's just gonna. He's gonna have thirty five thousand calories a day. He's like. He's like the. He he gave him the the seven foot center at at a D one school who weighs like one hundred and eighty pounds diet that they're trying to get him up to two forty. <laughs> this is like Mean Girls. Give the bars. This is unbelievable. <laughs> I I am I, I, I'm like actually alarmed that he's a thirty seven inch waist. This is one of this is literally one of the strangest things. And I can't imagine <laughs> what the guys in the team room are saying when he goes to the restroom. I bet I would say that if you told me I could hear all of the chatter from Justin Thomas and Ricky and Tiger and all these guys, I, everyone could be mic'd up. I might pay $10,000 to hear. I know. I, like I, P- I secretly P- love Bryson. If PGA Tour Live told me, that it was ten thousand dollars, but I got to hear everything said in the in the in the in the President's Cup team room when Bryson left the room. I would pay that for a yearly subscription. Or when Reed left the room. That's yeah. Or when Reed left you. All right, here. here that, so I I, I got to do my game with my thirty-seven inch waist. Unbelievable. Like you know, when Tiger bulked up, he was like a thirty-inch waist. Thirty. He's the smallest waist ever. Yeah. He was huge up top. He he wore those big pants, the wide leg pants, and his waist still was a thirty. Yeah. His waist was like you know sucked in. My hey, my dream scenario here is that Bryson wins the Masters, requests a size for the jacket, and when they bring it, he says that it doesn't fit because his size he put in was on Wednesday. I'm gonna need a. I'm gonna need a 47. That's that's just the 45. I gained 15 pounds this week. I think Bryson should conduct a, a social media weigh-in before every tournament. Bryson might. Is Twitch still a thing? Do people still have so. Twitch channels? I think so. He might be my number one Twitch channel that I could just follow him for a day or two. To see what he. I want to see about the cat lives. Yeah, I think so. I don't really know. I thought it was. I thought it was like a made-up thing uh, on Silicon Valley, but I think it's an actual thing. I'm not sure. It is, I think. All right, QBE shootout. I'm going to give you three teams. You right. haven't looked, right? No, 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 I have not. I just know that Billy Horschel's playing in it. All right, I got three teams that are actual QBE shootout teams for the 2019 QBE shootout, and then I made up three teams. And I, and you can't look at the screen. All right, you got to look I'm, away. I'm covering up you. 
with right. 1998 President's Cup facts. You got to tell me, is this a team or is this a team I made up? Here we go. Team number one. You ready? Yeah. Team number one, Brendan Todd and Nate Lashley. I think this team exists. You are incorrect, my friend. That is a made-up team. I made that team up. They wish they could have that, uh, the number let, one player let, in the world. Let me, hold on. Here's the other thing is I got to check after and make sure that it is an actual team. Okay. Not a team. You're 0 for 1. All right. Chance number two here. By the way, Brendan Todd is playing, but he's playing with Billy Horschel. Oh, okay. Um, I, I don't see Nate Lashley's name on the list. Uh, team number two. Charlie Hoffman is playing with Kevin Kisner. I don't think Kisner's playing in this. Not a team. <laughs> you are unfortunately now 0 for 2. Your QBE feel is off. Charlie Hoffman and Kevin Kisner have the 11.15 a.m. tee time alongside, and I'm going to give you this one away, even though I could easily sell this to you. Lexi Thompson playing with you would, I would give you a thousand guesses, and I don't think you would get this person that Lexi's playing with. Cameron Champ. Sean O'Hare. How did that happen? <laughs> they have to have a sponsor that, that they both have, right? They have to. I, I do you think both the tops, both their brothers are playing uh, at web finals? Do you think Sean O'Hare, by the way, when you look up Sean O'Hare, it goes to the wrestler with an E on the last name. Do you think, do you think Sean O'Hare has a website? Yeah, probably. Of course, he probably hasn't been updated in like seven years. His dad oh, might man. operate it. <laughs> that's, you're, that's not, that's, that is mean and I don't <laughs> like it. I don't like that. I did not endorse the joke. I'm not going to laugh at the joke. That's just mean. We're going to, we're going to gloss over that. So, so you're over two. We're just going to make this four because I don't think we need to go six. Your next team, is it a team or is it not a team? Your friend, my friend, Corey Connors, is teamed up with Andrew Putnam. I, I think this is a team. It is a team. You are you officially on the board. You have a point. Corey right, Connors does feel like a President's Cup snub. Kind of got, kind of got snubbed. All right, your last one. He's the and only. Then we'll be he's, done. he's the only real player that's played in like a uh, a true visitor stadium um, atmosphere when he played with Tiger in that Valspar. All right, your last one here. Harris English. Oh, he's a machine far. in the QBE. Harris English teamed up with Luke List. I think that's a team. Not a team. I got you good on these. Harris English always plays the QB. Him and Kucher were, were dominant. They were I'm battling not, Stricker and Kelly for years. I'm, I'm not seeing his name on, on the board here. Uh, he Didn't be get just, the call. I think he's bummed out because Cooch can't play with him. All right, I, I got one last. It's a bonus one. All right. I want you to guess. Is this a team or is this not a team? Okay. Bubba Watson playing with Charles Howe III. That can't be a team. <laughs> it probably is. <laughs> it is. 
Buff, Buff was playing with Charles Howell third. They're the 11.30 a.m. tea time with Brian Harmon and Patton Kazire. That's unbelievable. It's, it's I, Bubba. That's the that's the defending champions. Oh, they are. And Kazire and Brian Harmon. Oh, Mr. Fall. Mr. Harris October. English. Harris English and Kucher won this in 2016, 2013, and Stricker. Stricker and Jerry Kelly won a couple times too, right? <laughs> uh, Stricker won it in 2017 with Sean O'Hare. And then you got to go back to 2009. Do you know that Woody Austin won it with Mark Kalkovecchia one year? That's what? really awesome. That makes sense. What a team. Well, it makes sense. Woody Austin has all the shots that Tiger had. My buddy Brad Faxon won this two years in a row with McCarron. Man, we could get some probably some pretty good QBE shark shootout insight from Brad. First year the shark shootout was around. This is good stuff. Mark O'Meara and Curtis Strange. I mean, I would watch those two do anything. Yeah. That's you don't good. seem like you're on you're on board. I, I mean, I, I, the, the shark shootout. I, I like the shark shootout. I think it's it's got a place in golf. It's my event of the week. What's your event of the week? I, I mean, it's got to be Web Q School. You said it wrong again. Whatever. I'm just not acknowledging the, the new sponsorship. Corn I'm, I might go back finals. to the Ben Hogan tour. It used to be called the Ben Hogan tour. I, I know we're running long, but I did want you just to – can you give me just a couple of thoughts on the Corn Ferry finale? I mean, it's cool. These guys, top 40 is the big number. It guarantees you starts. You don't want to be a conditional status guy on the web. Right. Because Corn Ferry. Because, like, that – Unless you know people, you're not getting into anything. So top 40, top 11, I want to say, gets you into 12. And I, I can't remember. I'm doing this off memory. Uh, top like 20-something gets you eight. And then top 40 gets you at least four. So that's a uh, that's a big deal. There's some good young players. B. Woo, Brandon Wu, Nick Hardy, um, Thornberry's in it. But then, uh, then you always got to... Got root for the older guys too, you know. This guy's grinding. I, I agree. I mean, I I'm looking kind of at the notables. There's an article on uh, on PJTour.com that our buddy Adam Stanley wrote, and um, I think it's a good mix. There's a there's a mix of guys that are kind of coming up, and we'll see, like Chase Kepka and like you said, oh, yeah, Braden Thornberry, and uh, and then there's a mix of guys that have just kind of bounced bounce back and forth. I think you you mentioned too. I mean, Schneider Jans kind of crazy, you know. I, I mean, can't th- this was one of those guys that, that I. I thought he was going to be just a world beater, you know? It's like unbelievable that it, I don't know. It's crazy. Do you think our friend, Adam Stanley, on his PGA Tour article, in the snippet on Ollie Snyder Jans, did or didn't mention Snyder Jans' hair? Definitely did. They did. Majestic quaff. I wish. It is majestic. I wish they would have mentioned his former caddy. Is it, is it a coincidence that Damon Green was on the bag this year and he's he's in, what, in, in Corn Ferry Finals right now? You can't do that to Damon. The Damon and Zach won everything. Until they didn't. Un- 
Hey, underrated I'm, moment y'all never mentioned in the wrap of the year. I know you guys were just touching on the the majors and all that, but when did when did Zach Johnson beat Tiger in whatever the hero, whatever it's called now? When he hold that shot for par, that was in uh, what was it? Sean that Martin. had been the last ten years, right? It was. It was when he right when he came back from the the everything, and he was going to win, and they yeah. got in the playoff. And Zach, did he hit it in the in the hazard and drop and yes. made it for par? Yeah, it was. And it was like an unbelievable wedge shot. It like bounced past the hole and just ripped back in the middle. Great wedge player, unbelievable wedge player. Yeah, that was a good moment in the decade. Zach Johnson, sleeper all-decade team. If it was. It's a very, very, very big sleeper. If, if he hadn't switched to PXG. All right, we're done. Shane, thank you for coming on. I don't know if you're going to be back later this week. We don't know what's going on at the poor F household. Brendan. I, it, was an on, it was an honor for me to be in. I, of course, could never take the chair of poor F. You guys are amazing together, but I appreciate what you got, kind of wrap you got for. stuff going on. What, what, what can we see from you next? You've been laying yeah, low. We, yeah. We, uh, we're, we're shooting, um, a rap show, um, for all the USGA events actually on Thursday in LA. And that'll air a little bit later in December. I'll, I'll tweet out the, uh, the times when they're officially set, but that's always a fun show. Cause you get to look back. There's like a, a six minute highlight reel from the U S open. And you know, when you're calling those things, it's, you tend to kind of forget, everything that happened, but my goodness, they were like 50 hole outs. It was crazy how many guys knocked stuff in from, from off the green. So that, that's fun. And then of course we run through all the, all the USGA stuff. It'll be Brad Fax and Julie Inkster and myself. And uh, that's what we got going. And then just uh, ramping up for 2020, my friend. Do you think you will cover the noise pollution that the blimp caused at Pebble? You know what? You got to have blimp shots. It's it's not our fault that blimps make noise. You don't want the shot. Do you not want the blimp shot, Andy? I, I think the drone was given better shots. Drones make noise too. Not as much noise. The, no, the problem, the, the blimp, the, the blimp was trying to compete with the drone. He saw, he well, saw, he saw the end of his career. Well, twenty. It's about to be twenty twenty, buddy. These <laughs> machines are getting quicker and more nimble and better. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm and saying. And I guarantee you. The blimp's just out there floating around, seeing all this new technology trying to take over its space, and it's probably making more noise on purpose to remind those damn drones that I've been here for years, decades. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's, it was it was a it was a moment. I had I have pictures with the drone and the blimp in the same picture, and, it, and it's the beginning of the end for the blimp. I tweeted it. At I the, was at the Goodyear blimp. I, I think I was on a road trip from Tucson, Arizona to Marshall, Texas once, and I saw the Goodyear blimp in the air and the Oscar Mayer Wiener car on the interstate oh on the same God. trip. It's unbelievable. This is like one of the best moments of my life. That's like a 90s tri- uh, uh, like unbelievable combo. The Oscar Mayer truck. It was a, it was when it was like back before the smartphone cameras were worth a damn and I was like scrambling for my digi cam so I could shoot the Oscar Mayer Wiener out my Chevy Trailblazer window, and the picture, of course, came back awful. But it was—I had—I had to make sure I got a shot of it. All right. Well, we'll end on that note. Talking about the Oscar <laughs> Mayer truck. All right, Shane. Thanks again. Uh, everybody can find you on Twitter. I'm sure you'll be uh, active with this primetime golf we got coming up. Thanks again. No problem, buddy.